welcome to I'm Not a Fan Unless I Have a Podcast. I'm John Hanford, and uh, thank you for everybody who subscribed on YouTube, uh, subscribed on you know whatever podcast platform you got. Um, I I can't keep track of those, uh, <laughs> but I see the the 58 subscribers on YouTube, and for that I am so thankful. Um, and uh, yeah, and thanks for following on Giz Fan Pod and Instagram. Um, I mean, this is been a really fun podcast this is the 40th episode fucking crazy um i mean considering that i've only been doing like recording this podcast since late april and you know the first one went up on uh uh i think may 5th um in honor of what should have been the first red rocks show um and uh yeah i mean it's it's been a lot of fun doing this podcast and uh sometimes i'm wondering like how the fuck is this still going uh, this is so, I, so thank you for everybody that has, um, uh, you know, kept me in it, you know, cause like without you, I wouldn't want to keep doing it. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I don't have the following of say, you know, Joe Rogan, but, like, but like, I've got a, uh, following nonetheless of at least a couple people, uh, and more than that. So I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm thankful. Um, thank you so much. Um, this guest, uh, for episode 40, uh, I, I had the pleasure of meeting, um, in person a couple weeks ago or last week, I guess in, um, in Phoenix, Arizona, when I was, I was there and I was there in Phoenix, uh, doing stand-up comedy since, you know, California's kind of shut down. Uh, Phoenix has a vibrant scene and they're, you know, masked up and, uh, you know, still going out and stuff. So I, I, I like doing that. Um, and that's what I did. That's what I did while I was in Phoenix for the most part. And then, uh, you know, in my downtime, I decided, you know, why don't I pop into Zia Records in Tempe? Um, I, I love that record store. It's, uh, um, it's one of my favorites. Like, you know, it, sure. I live closer to LA where there's Amoeba Records and sure Amoeba is, it's hard to top that, but, uh, but I love Zia Records cause it's smaller and they've still got like a, a, a chain, um, you know, they got a few locations in Arizona and then uh, one in Las Vegas. So that's pretty cool. Um, I've also seen the Meat Puppets play there uh, when they released their Dusty Notes record last year. And um, they did an in-store performance and, uh, and had a Zia ex exclusive pressing. Um, and so I was just, I went to Zia Records. That's, that's where I've bought uh, several of my Giz albums. I've got my copy of Polygon Duana Land there, uh, Quarters, and then, um, and then this go round, I got three more. I got Float Along, Fill Your Lungs, uh, Paper Mache Dream Balloon, and 12 Bar Brews. So it was cool to get, to get those from there. Um, I don't know. I, I, I liked supporting local businesses and, uh, and obviously anything musical I am into. I'm also thrilled that I received in the mail just the other day my Asheville King Gizzard t-shirt. Um, I know that they, uh, like, and I don't think they ever sent out a shipping notification with these. So uh, I've seen some people posting on the Facebook groups, um, you know, hey, where the fuck's my Asheville shirt? Why are people getting theirs already? And I haven't heard anything about mine even shipping. Um, I don't think they sent notifications for them. <laughs> so, or at least I didn't get one. Um, but anyway, so I've got that. Uh, right, so back to Zia Records uh, and my, my trip there. I got the three Giz Records. And then um, I also bought a John Coltrane album and Bad, Bad, Not Good. Uh, I bought their album four from a, a few years back. Um, and uh, yeah, I, it, great store, Zia Records. If you're in Arizona, check it out. If you live there, uh, you probably know about it. Um, and if you somehow didn't, you're living in Arizona and you're listening to this podcast or watching or whatever, um, check out Zia Records. <laughs> They're great. They've been around for 40 years. Um, and uh, yeah, so anyway, um, while I was at Zia Records, digging through the King Gizzard albums, um, I met this guy, uh, like this guy was just just standing there looking through another box uh, of some of like the, the hot or used records or something, some, some interesting mix, uh, just where you, you'll, who knows what you'll find in there. There's no real rhyme or reason to how they're ordered. Um, and uh, so he was just digging through that while I was digging through the K's, uh, you know, King Gizzard wanted to see if they had any, uh, any Krungbin or Kikigakumoyo. And unfortunately they didn't, but 
I was digging through King Gizzard albums, and then this guy goes, hey, man, you know, uh, you listen to King Gizzard? And I was just like, do I listen to King Gizzard? I have a whole podcast that uh, a few people subscribe to. And um, uh, and he was like, oh, that's cool. So we're just like talking, just making, you know, idle chit chat and whatnot. And, um, and this is in the morning still. I haven't had coffee or anything. Um, and I've also got some other stuff going i wasn't really ready to have a whole conversation but uh in any case uh, you know i felt like all right i should maybe wrap up this conversation since i'm not quite all there at the moment um so i invited him to come on the podcast and then a couple days after we uh after we met at zia records in tempe uh <laughs> we recorded this podcast episode um it was a lot of fun uh, and also in doing just a little bit of research on him, you know, by, and by research, I mean, Instagram stalking. Um, I, I've, I've discovered that this guy is a hell of a visual artist, uh, fucking cool ass. He, he did, um, like he designed a few posters and you can check out all of his art. Uh, he's done, done like show posters for King Gizzard, OCs, um, a whole bunch of other bands that have come through the Phoenix area. Uh, you can check out his art on ElijahSeeger.com. That's L-E-E-L-I-J-A-H-S-E-G-E-R.com. So um, I, I was absolutely thrilled to find out that this dude, not only in, not only is he a Giz fan, but he's also got like some, like his own shit that he does, you know, with, with photography and digital design. Um all super cool. So, you know, you know, I, I love highlighting people's, uh, you know, creations on here, artistic endeavors and whatnot. Uh, Elijah is no exception. Uh, so without further ado, here's Elijah. So my background is Willem Dafoe and uh, Wild at Heart. He's really fucking creepy. And uh, <laughs> in my picture I've used for everything for a minute. And I, it's it's humorous to me. It's really gross and just yeah, I find it to be really funny. I mean, yeah, look, totally. <laughs> I mean, I, I like that close up. I have no idea that that's Willem Dafoe, uh, <laughs> um, and especially with like, those little nub teeth, nub teeth. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, dude. Uh, so thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, like, I, I I give you a little intro before the before the you know the interview segment starts um but you know so we, we met at uh at zia records just randomly i'm digging through the giz and it, this is like an ideal scenario for any giz head just like randomly meeting another one while shopping for giz records oh yeah no i was kind of telling you about it i always do that just wait by the k's see who walks by <laughs> <laughs> I, I it's it's good at it's a good strategy. I like that. Uh, it seems like a good way to expand your circle. Um, but, uh, yeah. So like, like I noticed you were, dig you were digging through some of the, um, uh, I, I guess, so what was those like the new releases or, or like just random hot records or something? Yeah. They're like, they're usually there's some good things in there, used stuff, but that time I didn't find anything. Yeah. I, I found a used copy of, of black Sabbath paranoid and I was, thinking about getting that but then i looked at the price i was like i'm not 50 dollars for <laughs> something you yeah. can get for <laughs> exactly like i bought the you know bad bad not good uh four That's album and we were, uh have you heard it before or yeah i listened to it a little bit on spotify just you know while i'm driving so i never really got into it but then last night i put it on for the first time and uh I it, it just blew my mind. It's I, I take it you know the album. Um, yeah. It, it, it like that's a masterpiece. It's it's a really cool, uh, eclectic, jazzy record. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they. Um, I wish they'd put out another record. I, I know they put out two singles this year, and those are really good. But I'm waiting for another album because that that four uh, was really good came out 2016 I yeah, think. yeah 2016 yeah no that was that was one of probably one of those my favorite that year because not gone infinity but uh that record was really good what a great year for music <laughs> you know like uh i mean 26 like, like I, I feel like it was sort of like around like 2015 and and on um that at least i got 
like I started realizing, hey, there's actually a lot of good new music coming out. Um, and uh, yeah, like obviously with Nonagon and, uh, and and this Bad Bad Not Good record for um, Plus Quarters, like I, I think it's um, uh, it, it's, it's a pretty good, 2016 was a pretty good year for music. Or actually was Quarters 2015? Yeah, that and Paper okay. Mission. Both those came out that uh, 2015. Okay, That's still, I think my point stands. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lots of good stuff coming out. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know. So so back to Giz. Um, like like we didn't really talk that. We were talking more just about records, and I was sort of caught off guard. I hadn't had my coffee yet, and I was kind of like like I kind of had to take a shit, so I wasn't all there mentally. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, no. what what's so? How did you first get into King Giz? So it was kind of as we were talking. It was a uh, like late. It's pretty much 2016. I've I watched the music video for Trapdoor. That was the first song I ever heard by them. And then uh, I listened to that album in quarters. Didn't listen to Mind Fuzz. And then um, by that time, Nonagon had came out. And that's when they had they gained like a lot of popularity from Nonagon. And then obviously even more after after that because those those whole five records that came out that the pre or the the following year yeah um i i mean like the, the nonagon like obviously that's that's a masterpiece but you mentioned trapdoor and quarters being your first foray into giz really um mm -hmm. were, were you coming at it from sort of like a jazzy uh type of like background before then or, or like like what what led you to trapdoor it was just kind of it was just like recommended videos on youtube um so once it went from that like i just thought they were like a jazzy band and then I listened to Nonagon and I was like, oh shit, this is totally different. Then I went back and listened to Mind Fuzz and 12 Bar Brews and all that. And it was, oh, this is pretty cool. They're, they're, they have a lot of different genres. And just something, as soon as I heard Nonagon, I just knew that there would be like a, something else of a band. And they've clearly shown that over the past few years. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I also uh, checked out your um, uh, your art website. Uh, I I didn't realize like you're also a visual artist and everything. Like I, I saw some of those posters you made. Uh, yeah. Like you even made a poster for the Giz show in uh, in 2017 at the Crescent Ballroom. Like that. That's first of all what a what a venue to watch King Giz. Like that place is tiny. Oh yeah. So oh man. So that that show uh, basically got me into all the like kind of what i'm doing now if it wasn't for that night i like art wise i would not be where i am now um that show really and that poster that i did really pushed me to i guess kind of become who i am right now that's really cool i like i've sort of no i've sort of felt the same way after getting exposed to to king gives like that's when i decided like hey maybe i should actually tap into my own creativity and just see what's there because like i don't i don't know about you but like when i first heard uh like my first giz record was Polygon gondwana land so i like just listening to that i was just like how do you how does anybody even think to come up with any of this stuff and and like it was just like i was just trying to wrap my mind around it uh to the point where i was just like well i'm as long as i'm thinking this hard about how to create i might as well just start doing it um oh, yeah so it, it is interesting how like you can use giz or what i guess whatever artistic influence you have just as kind of a springboard but um what what do you think it because like i i've seen your other stuff and like it's there's plenty of stuff that's not giz that that's like really cool so like like do you think it was giz more than anything that just kind of gave you that inspiration to just kind of go for it um, yeah, because I, I mean, they're still my favorite band. And at the time, they were my favorite band. And I just wanted to do something for them because they I, I thought it, they would never come to Arizona. So I thought I would make this for them. And um, yeah, I got to sell them at the show. Uh, and from there, I was like, I really like doing this. So I just I kept I kept doing it like I had nothing to lose. Like the worst thing that I could do by making posters is just by like them saying no. And no one's ever said no. So but basically I just kept doing that and I just kept feeling that creativity. That's something that, but no, uh, to what your question was, was yeah, for the most part, it was probably <laughs> to them. Uh, but the, the fan base for this band is like, they're the most, 
creative people. Like I've never met any other any other group of uh, people that are just as creative as Gizheads. Yeah, I mean, th- there is one thing just ab- about them, the the guys in the band. Like it, it, it they have such an like a fluid kind of anything anything goes type of uh, vibe and like approach to their approach to their stuff. And like I think that does rub off onto uh, you know anybody that really digs them. Um, mm. And it's just like as long as it's anything goes, you know, you might as well just just let the inspiration run free and you know start a fucking podcast where you, where you just talk about all this shit like it's uh you know and, and like i've seen you know there um like there are a whole bunch of other people that are you know kind of doing what you're doing um like there's another there's another giz podcast out there and like uh i mean there's so many yeah like, like you see in, in the on the facebook fan page like there's the fan music friday and there's just tons of different stuff coming out uh that is so influenced by uh you know by giz it's it's just kind of wild like I, i've never expected <laughs> to find myself in this kind of like community um mm. yeah the the facebook group that was like another big one as like uh, i would just post things there and like not really super confident and everyone there was just like just do it and yeah the facebook group is a, a really cool cool place there's a guy on there he doesn't post that much anymore, but his name's Larry Thunders. And that man is something else. Yeah. Adam on- <laughs> Wait, what, what, what was that you cut out for a second? Uh, so there's, I don't know if he's in the group anymore, but he, his name is Larry Thunders. And Larry was like a big motivator for me. But he was, he was a real funny dude. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll have to also like go back, search for Larry Thunder, and uh, uh, you know, see, see if his poster's still there. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I always love all that shit. I mean, like th- there, there are a whole bunch of people in the uh, in the group that like I've just gotten to know their names, and like I'll see their names pop up and stuff, and I'm just like, oh yeah, this person typically has good taste, and like, like I <laughs> like you can just make these little associations based on uh, the different stuff that like they're digging or or whatnot and certain people just kind of jump out a little more than others um and, and it's, it's been sort of interesting to see how uh i don't know just like how the community just kind of works and like how are, there are like these little like micro celebrities <laughs> that, that you kind of root for within within the uh, fan base for but, sure um so in 2017 was that your first time seeing giz uh yeah so that was over at crescent here in arizona that was the first time and then um a few months after that when had, when sketches had come out i went to over they played a show in new mexico and that was even smaller than crescent ballroom um wow. they played at a place called sister bar i don't know if the, the, the name has changed or not but that place was even smaller than crescent and that was even that was a lot that was a lot of fun um shit <laughs> like I'm, I'm just thinking of like seeing because like i saw giz in I guess 2018 and they're playing like Brooklyn steel, which is like, Oh, I, I don't know what the capacity is, but it's well over 10,000. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, or maybe it's 10,000. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking like, what must have this been? It must've been insane to see him in such a small, you know, intimate venue, especially after like the Nonagon uh, masterpiece came out and, you know, sketches was brilliant as well. Did they play anything off sketches? No, they didn't. For the most part, it was just uh, uh, Microtonal Banana and uh, Murder of the Universe. That was, those songs are, oh, at that show, they did play, um, instead of playing The River for once, they played uh, Lonely Steel Sheet Flyer. Oh, so, shit, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, like, sometimes I I prefer the B-side to that record over over the a because like infinite rise i've never really been able to get into the river is obviously awesome but like you get god in the rhythm and lonely steel sheet flyer those i get why people love the river but i just prefer those last the other two the other half a lot more i don't know what it is like i like listening to the river but god is in the rhythm and lonely steel sheet flyer just oh man they're so good <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean they're just like perfect for like just laying in a patch of grass or something and 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 just you know um take acid and look at the sky but <laughs> it's, uh, 
uh, yeah, I, I, that's, that's so cool that you got to see that. And that is actually one of the reasons that I wanted to, uh, or that I bought tickets to all three marathon shows was just so that I could see all of these other songs played mm. live that, you know, I, I anticipate they're going to be playing a lot of stuff that they typically don't or, or haven't in the past. Um, mm. I mean, like, it's just interesting to me to see how they, how they've gone in changing up their set list, uh, throughout you know throughout the years and i don't think they ever changed it up from show to show nearly as much until uh last year yeah for the, like la last year definitely like there was a ton of variety but before it was just like like the fan favorites pretty much but yeah. when you have huge discography like that it's hard to to pick and choose yeah it, it like honestly I've, i feel like once they do these marathon shows it's going to like it's going to be hard for a lot of fans, I think, to go back <laughs> to the uh, you know typical like hour and a half or whatever. Um, oh. I mean, like, because there are some bands that will just play three-hour shows every time. You mm -hmm. know, like like I, I think I think the the Grateful Dead used to do that. I think Dead and Company still does to some degree. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know for a fact. I haven't seen them, but uh, yeah, it, it's like. You, you go to like the, the regular show that's, you know, an hour and a half, hour 45, and you see everything that goes into it. And it's, and it's like, you're, nobody's complaining that there's no encore. Like there's so much that goes into it. It's really cool to, uh, and, and like you imagine it must be exhausting to just do that. But since apparently they're, they do have the energy to go a full three hours. Like I, what 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 do you think? Do you think they're going to start <laughs> like expanding their um their their runtime for shows after? I, I mean, I would like to think that. I mean, considering how much they play, though, it's to, to do that for months on end would probably get tiring. But I mean, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they could do it. Like, I'd I'd love for them to do that because just once, like like you said, once that hour and a half is done, it's like, oh man, I kind of want more. Like, I just don't want it to end. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I was, so like, I, I've been getting back into some of their older stuff, like Willoughby's Beach and, and uh, 12 Bar Brews. Um, and like, I was just kind of thinking, what if they just started tossing out like these old, really simple tracks uh, and, and just fucking around with those? Like that could easily expand the, uh, like, like, first of all, you'd be getting the old stuff uh, at, at current shows. And then also uh, they're easy enough to play that and where they could just be loose with it. And just you know, throw them in the mix, and just you know, kind of fill <laughs> fill up the time that way, uh, but keep playing for longer. I think, I think that might be a happy uh, resolution. <laughs> I can see them because they usually meld like shorter tracks in with like one long song. So I can imagine them doing something like that. That would be cool. I can just imagine that being like a whole other page to the Gizverse if they included some song that's not even correlated to <laughs> another. Yeah. Record. <laughs> I mean, it, like it, it would be a, like a nice way to sort of tie all that old stuff together because like I, I, you know, because like obviously they're going to keep making new records and everything. And the more new records that come out, they're going to be playing more new stuff live. And mm -hmm. like there are so many great tracks from those old albums, you know, like, you know, from Oddments even, uh, and then like obviously Eyes Like the Sky and, and 12 Bar. Um, like I, I just think there's so much opportunity there for him but Bring uh, that. yeah <laughs> exactly um so with a um so like, like were those the only two times that you've seen giz or have you uh have you continued to to travel to see them and stuff since then um it was uh here new mexico and then the third time i saw them was uh when they played at the palladium in hollywood oh uh, sick. I, yeah that it, it was such a weird thing seeing them like progress from such a short time to play those two small venues and then sell out Palladium was just like, Oh shit. But yeah, that show was insane. I, I'd gone up in the front and I stayed for probably half the, the set and I, I had to get out of there dude. Cause it was just, it was, it was so sweaty. And like, even when I had left, I still felt people hitting my, my body, even though there was no one. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, it can get pretty uh, pretty violent in the pit. 
uh, and it's the worst part of it is it's like it like might be the most dangerous kind of violence because it's like it's not like it's all in good fun <laughs> and, and like yeah it, it can be brutal like I'm not a big guy uh, I like my first ever Giz show like I was you know right up the front against the rail and constantly people like I was just fighting off people just like tearing at my back trying to get my spot basically and it mm. <laughs> like it did kind of take away from the experience of like seeing the music. So from, okay. that po- from that point forward, I was just like, you know what? If I can find balcony seating, uh, that's ideal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you, you participated a little bit, and then you just you want to sit back and enjoy the show. Yeah. It, I've done, I've like interacted with so many shows before that it's like, you kind of get to a point where it's like, I'm too old to, to do this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. It, like, it, it was definitely wearing on my body. Like, I, I felt a cramp coming on. You know? Yep. <laughs> Um, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, I, I had to do like a lot of restorative yoga in the following days and, uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So, so like, I, I guess, had you been doing, um, you know, like, cause like I, I see with your art, you've been doing like photography plus posters, um, mm-hmm. and like, like what, 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 what all stuff do you do? So for the, for when I first started, it was mainly just the posters. And then um, I wanted to get into like, like actual live photography for a while. Um, but the way I grew up taking pictures, it was always like on little point and shoot film cameras. Um, and I thought for that, it wouldn't really work well. Um, but then I just, I ended up, I found a really good deal on a camera and then I, uh, I bought it, I took it to a show a few like local shows just to try it out. Uh, and then like the, I really liked how it turned out. Um, so then I just kept doing that. And then I kind of steered away from the posters for a little bit, just to focus on like the photography to get myself or like to get into it. Um, so then I kind of just been doing the photography since, um, kind of like the whole graphic design thing kind of took a halt. Um, cause it was just, it was a lot of money to print posters. And then like, if I couldn't, like sell them at the show. It was just like a huge expense, which I didn't mind because I, I wasn't really ever doing it for the money. I liked doing it for the artists. And like, if I could give them some money, even though it really probably wasn't worth a lot of money, I just, I just like doing it and it, yeah. it, it feel good, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, have you gotten any feedback from, uh, from different bands about, uh, about the posters? Yeah, no, they, they usually end up liking it. And then like, like I said, they usually sell it. Um, but that's pretty much it. Like I never like reconnect with them uh, to do like some other art. It's usually just like that one time thing. But if then they come back, I usually ask them if I could do it again. They're like, Oh yeah, sure. That'd be, nice. that'd be cool if you back. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like that. Uh, that OC's poster you did uh, <laughs> like, like the whole John Dwyer. Uh, yeah. Like the, very, very sick. I'll, I'll definitely plug your website. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, it, you like got some that. really cool stuff. Thanks. But uh, yeah, um, so are have you always uh, lived in Phoenix or um, like yeah. that, that area? Just so, just <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so like 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 what what kind of stuff did you grow up uh, listening to? Um, so for the most part, it was so much radio when I was a kid. Um, so oh man, tons of '90s, early 2000s rock. Like Deftones was like a huge part of my youth uh rage against the machine um man weezer yeah uh, but it wasn't until high school where i really started to get into uh hey sorry <laughs> oh that's awesome uh-huh. i love how you just like showed up like thank god for vir- virtual backgrounds that was such a cool <laughs> transition a cool aesthetic I think that's the uh, that's the third pup featured on this podcast. So, yeah, he wanted to say hello. Just ended invited him. Came in and invited himself. <laughs> uh, what, what's his name? Name's Snoopy. This is my my mom's dog, but I have a dog myself. Uh, name's Harry. I got him from the pound. He's a little bit, a little nervous, but <laughs> um, oh, that's that's awesome. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. So we were talking about, uh, uh, in, in high school, you started like exploring music a little more. Yeah. 
so that's um so where I, high school was like a, a huge pivotal thing for me where i kind of found like my taste in music um like mars volta was a huge thing mr bungle i was telling you about mr bungle yeah i i, I checked out mr bungle uh and you know in, in initial reaction a little too out, off the walls <laughs> but but i did see um uh what one of my favorite comics uh dean delray uh he's just he, he was just talking with trey from mr bungle uh on his uh, podcast so i'm just like okay if Dean Del Rey is signing off of Mr. Bungle, I should probably like really give this a shot. Uh, oh, so yeah. to be determined. Uh, <laughs> if you, like, it, like I said, it's, 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 um, oh man, what is the word I'm looking for? It, it is different. And like, it's, it's one of those bands that has like humor in their music. And I, I tend to find that I love bands that have this sort of like humorous aspect, like Wayne, like I love Wayne. Mm -hmm. They're, definitely my top 10 <laughs> yeah uh i i ween's still on my list of bands to check out uh i'll, I'll do it before the year's out but uh um, oh, yeah. yeah i mean well and, and like yeah that makes sense because i did sort of get that like i when you when i listen to mr bungle i listened to their 1991 album uh, or like the first half of it um mm -hmm. i could see how you'd make that connection like that correlation if you like giz you might like mr bungle too because uh, mm -hmm. Giz also has a ton of humor, like oh yeah, spread throughout. Um, I mean, like like you mentioned, '90s bands like uh, Butthole Surfers. You know, <laughs> they're they're hilarious and also like legitimately good. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. Like I don't know if, what the core, excuse me, the correlation between those two are. But it's just I don't know if it's just how certain people's like brains work or something. But it's just humor and music just pairs well <laughs> yeah i mean because you don't I, I i think one thing you know so so like my main thing is stand-up comedy so like i've i'm i'm a comedian and i also you know play a little music on the side and then i've got like music and comedy are the two most important things to me um and i uh, uh shit i forgot what where i was going with this um right well well so like uh you're saying like why is it that you're more drawn to music that's humorous um like I, I think that has something to do with that artists that put humor in their music are in a way sort of spoofing what makes like pop so popular because um, mm. like it's all predictable and stuff and and a lot of artists are just like well fuck predictability like <laughs> let, let, let's change it up and let's just be weird and uh because uh, it's it's a really fun time. Like even Nirvana had has like a lot of humor, oh. uh, just lay throughout their uh, their lyrics and themes and stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I d I totally agree. That's like a I didn't really ever think of that, but I totally see that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I I I love like musing about psychology and like how how different things affect others. It's it's fascinating to me. Um, but uh uh shit i i forgot where i was going um <laughs> but um well yeah so i mean like like you mentioned humor is a, a huge part like are are you also into uh in, into comedy or is it or do you just look for the humor in the music no i i love comedy um never done stand-up myself but it's uh it's i feel like i'm not really super into it now so I don't really know who's hot and like what, what really to look for, but like late eighties, early nineties com comedians are definitely my favorite. My favorite comic is Bill Hicks. Yeah. I was about to say <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, yeah, he kind of like, he's one of the most influential people in my life, hands down. Like oh. I, I, re I read a biography about him, uh, American scream. If for anybody wants to read, uh, it, it was, fantastic and i saw so much of myself in in like his whole background and and, and thought process and, and shit it was just like yeah also have you ever listened to bill hicks's music his music is is phenomenal like that that man was uh like a literal renaissance man he was he could do it all and it's i miss him i wish i was able to see him when he was around because i i can't even imagine how how much my gut would hurt from laughing <laughs> oh yeah i mean just just from like 
being in in his presence like he was he just had like that intensity to him you know like like there's that uh, conspiracy theory floating around that alex jones is actually just bill hicks and he never died which is totally not true at all but (laughs) but in terms of like energy and what they and like passion that they bring to the table i can understand it (laughs) oh yeah Bill, like you had said, uh, you're like you're taking the words right out of my mouth. He's a huge influence on my life, like um, almost like a modern day philosopher uh, as well. So he just like like I said, he could he could do it all. He definitely enlightened my world and experience or um, opened up my mind to a lot of things that I never would imagine. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, Bill Hicks is fucking great. Check him out if you haven't. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I could seriously just talk for days about everything I love about Bill Hicks. And, uh, <laughs> um, but not enough to start another, a separate podcast for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're kind of like bare enough from, from Gizzard. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. I mean, th- this I love going on different tangents, exploring different parts of, because like, like I do feel that, you know, every little thing, every conversation that has to do with Giz, everything that it veers off into, I feel like is ultimately a part of the Gizverse. Uh, it's just an ever-expanding universe, you know? Um, so oh, yeah. that, that's at least my justification for going all over the place. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, well, I mean, so like, obviously now there isn't a whole lot of live music going on, um, but, uh, but, but prior to the pandemic and everything, um, what what have you been sort of uh, uh, like, like 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 are you usually going to different shows and uh, oh. like like are are you like always taking uh, pictures or are you just going to enjoy enjoy it sometimes? Um, so I really only go to shows that for people that I like. Uh, but so I usually just bring my camera with to those shows. Um, that's kind of like something that I've always. Uh, that's something about myself. Like I don't really want to take pictures or or like or work with people that I don't really know or really care for I feel like it's just a waste of time like the the passion's just not there unless I like the person Uh, yeah yeah usually any any show that I go to it's I'm usually there taking pictures that's sick um I mean like it's like I I do I do really like that uh you know, th- that you have that sort of caveat with, with, with the photography, like you're only going to do it if you, if, if the passion is really there. Cause like you can, you can tell from like different photographers photos, like, was this just a simple hire or uh, was, or, are you actually like trying to, you know, communicate something, convey something. Um, and, and yeah, I mean like, like the, the blur uh, that you have, you know, for, I, I think it was like that 128 millimeter. I don't know very much about cameras, but I think that was the number uh, that they captioned mm-hmm. captioned it with. I forget which which artist it was, but uh, but you do have like a cool sort of technique, uh, like a, a style to it that I don't, I think it's just one of those things. It's probably just sort of coincidental, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks man. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's, it's hard to convey how, I mean, like for the most part, I think the majority of people just see them as pictures, but I'm trying to convey an emotion. Um, it, it is somewhat hard to do that in a day age of like Instagram where everyone's just like scrolling up and it's, so it's, I feel like it's almost a lost art. Because uh, before, if you wanted to look at pictures, you'd have to go to like a gallery or something. Um, yeah. And it's, when you have so many pictures that you're seeing a day, it's it's hard to uh, appreciate that. At least that's what I find. But trying to make things that people can look at and be like, oh, that's that's cool, and like just at least ponder what you're looking at for a minute or so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, like, like, like I, I guess I don't use Instagram the way that most people do then, because <laughs> like, like if if I see something interesting, like I will just kind of devour it and uh, and and just like look for all the like the hidden gems and stuff. I you know, like, like I've always loved, like, you know, when I was a kid, I loved Where's Waldo. So I'd always be looking around, but then I'd get kind of lost just in the, in the rest of the art and just kind of like checking out, Hey, what's going on over there? Uh, you know, it's like, I just have that approach to, 
you know, I, I guess appreciation of photography and, and art and whatnot. Um, but, uh, but back to Giz, they're coming out with a bunch of new stuff. Um, okay. so what, what are your, uh, so like, like I'm assuming you've heard the, the four tracks they've released from KG. Uh, what, what's, what's your take on that? Oh man. Straws in the wind is the best song so far. It's so good. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you on that. It, it like the second time through listening to it, I was like, that is my favorite Ambrose song. Hands down. Uh, it's as soon as I heard it, it was just God damn. Dude, I'm so excited for this record. Like I, yeah. Oh, it's, it's going to be. A, did you uh, pre-order it? Oh, immediately. Oh, and any, like, even when I don't have money, like I just, I get every flightless record every time. Like I just, I love them so much. Like I'm not, there's no other band that I'm this passionate about to just where I want to give them my money. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, like it, it, it's all, it almost feels as if they're a, a publicly traded company and we're all the shareholders. Like it's uh, I mean, cause it is an investment, but like there's so much, I mean, like I only started collecting vinyl this year, uh, really, you know, uh, like I, I guess I bought a couple of Giz records last year, but that was mostly just for the download codes because the, they weren't available on Spotify yet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like like now I've, I've, I find that with every record that I get, like I just feel better. <laughs> and it's, uh, it, it's such a weird investment of time and resources. Oh, yeah it's it's definitely a who would have known that a piece of plastic can be a life altering <laughs> yeah i i mean and you know they like you know sure they they say fuck all that plastic but uh but i say you know let's <laughs> let's compromise why don't we just use plastic wisely you know <laughs> don't throw away your records people <laughs> they'll outlive us if we take care of them yeah Exactly. It's just imagine the, the, the paradigm of like a hundred years from now, it's just records and cyborgs. Like <laughs> that might that could be fun. That also could be uh pretty bad. Like Stu said, there's there's good AI and bad AI. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no for sure. I mean like shit, you watch uh, the social dilemma and you <laughs> you learn all about that. Um which especially th- coming out like that documentary came out around the same time as Straws in the Wind. I, I don't know if you saw The Social Dilemma, um, but it's it's horrifying, also eye-opening, and you know, I, I ultimately I enjoyed it. I I think it was good educational piece. Um, but there are so many similarities between that and the theme of Straws in the Wind um, that it, it like I had to stop listening to straws for a little while just cause it, it felt too real, too relevant, you know, <laughs> but fuck, it is so good. Um, I find that Giz really knows how to stay on topic of like current events. It's cool to see that in music. It's different. Yeah. Um, did you happen to watch the, uh, the KEXP, um, uh, interview with Stu and talking about how he, how he was making honey. Uh, I did, I did watch it. Yes. Uh, yeah. was, but I did see it. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if you caught this, um, but, but Stu said that like, basically he'll have like working lyrics for a so- for different songs. And then just before they're actually going to get to recording them, he'll just kind of do a little rewrite to make it more contemporary. Um, mm-hmm. I thought like, Honestly, that that's a bit of a relief to me, since the idea that they're just like coming out with all this shit like at the same time as we see it all going on, um, or or like maybe even a little bit uh, before the stuff really happens, it, it sort of made it seem as though Stu might be some kind of divine entity, uh, which maybe he is. But it was that was starting to freak me out a little bit, <laughs> a little too much. I was like, it's good to still, you know, be a fan of a human. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Stu is Stu is a really nice guy. Um, I've met him a few times, but every time has been a delight. Yeah, I still have yet to meet him. I've I've only met Cookie and uh, and Lucas so far, and they're also super cool. But um, I mean, you know, you you don't they're very, 
objectively they're kind of tucked in the back of, of the band um so you know you don't really have much expectation uh one way or another about their personalities but like with Stu, you you hear he's basically the same guy off stage that he is on it um mm-hmm. joey's kind of the, it, basically they're all kind of like that uh from what i hear it's yeah fuck i wish i could be friends with all of them <laughs> i've got a funny story about joey oh uh, yeah so when they had played at the uh that palladium show um they were joey i went over to amoeba sorry amoeba um and every time you're in hollywood you got to go to amoeba uh and i went in there joey was in there like looking through records and he was going through the k's and i, just, I thought it was funny he was like trying to find his own records and he was like looking at some co- copy of polygon wanderland and i was like this that's kind of funny i like that that's cool yeah but they do have a pre- appreciation for their own music and i, I like that well, and especially with Polygon Duanaland, I, I think it's, and, and well, and now with the automation video, I, I think it's really cool how they legitimately, like, I think they recognize that their fan base is uh, very much on their wavelength in terms of uh, create, creative ambition and, uh, and like, just avant-garde creativity. Like, uh, so it, it's cool to see them, like, kind of appreciate the, the creation based on what they created themselves like oh yeah it's, sure. it's just so cool that it's not lost on them and it, mm-hmm. that, what a place to just run into joey also uh looking through the case <laughs> oh yeah another thing of the case yeah it was <laughs> it's yeah maybe i i don't realize how much i do that now that i think about it <laughs> I, I mean it's it's, it, it, it's so funny because like you would think like initially that's kind of that's a weird thing to do just have around the caves but at the same time it's like it seems to be a pretty fruitful venture uh like how, how many other people have you, have you wound up talking with uh just based on hanging around the caves oh man i like the other day you're just you're the first one that i've ever come across looking for king giz well shit huh? <laughs> uh well i guess i guess that's that's it's inter- like it's it's nice that that's um that they're still sort of underground i guess like it, it, it's cool to have that but like i'm honestly a little surprised uh that that like you haven't seen more people like digging through cuz i i know i'm not the only one buying king is from from oh, yeah. that zia records location like even the uh the lady who checked me out um she was telling me oh yeah i have tickets to red rocks and um yeah i, I unfortunately i was in too much of a rush to ask her to be on the podcast as well but uh yeah i was like you always see people there who are who know a little bit oh yeah i mean they're they've they've blown up they're hopefully eventually they'll become a household name that'd be cool (laughs) yeah i i think they're on their way like i i think they'll at least be as much of a household name as fish is um and Granted, like the connotation with fish, unless you're talking with a fan, is basically just like, oh, okay, you're just stoned all the time. But, like, <laughs> but, but a household name nonetheless. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, he's back. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah. That's fun. It's, uh, it's cool to see how far they've come. Yeah uh did so did, did you also pick up a copy of the uh live in san francisco 2016 yeah. i got both flightless versions i forgot the one that i got it was like a swirl color yeah i i think i got i got the one that was like sold out less or, or sold out afterward like I, I got the less popular one uh they all do the same thing <laughs> yeah they'll and they're all limited to the same number so i it's it's weird to me that certain ones are appeal to others more. Um, I did try to get, and I will say with KG, the denim uh, color vinyl, that one appealed to me the most. I had it in my basket six after the hour. And uh, by the time I paid, there's like, Oh yeah, you're gonna have to get a new item. That sold out. It's so weird how that works. Like you have to like manifest it of like, in a, in a sense of like, which one is going to be the most popular? Apparently the denim one was the most popular. Yeah. I mean, because to me, the, my, my reason for, for wanting to go with the denim was like, 
you know, with, with the rich, with volume one flying microtonal banana, um, I actually don't own that vinyl, but I imagine it like, like when I think of that, I think of like, a like a blue and yellow record, it, but I think of like a yellow colored vinyl. Mm-hmm. Stay with me. This, 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 this might be weird, but, um, you know, so basically I want like, I want to buy that, uh, flying microtonal banana, um, to sort of pair with KG, um, and, and just so it, so you have like the yellow and, and denim. Um, mm-hmm. cause I don't know why they selected those colors as, uh, as the microtonal colors, but it is mm-hmm. really fascinating to me. Oh yeah. No, yeah. I, I was, I did the same thing. I kind of wanted to do like the opposites. Like I've got the, whatever, the first pressing of microtonal banana. It was like a neon yellow. And then okay, I just, yeah. Oh man, see, I already forgot which one I got. I think I got the yellow version of KG. Yeah, I... shit. <laughs> yeah, well, I I got the yellow one um, from Flightless, and then I also got the brain splatter from uh, um, um, from from No Label, the the American uh, exclusive. That one was really cool. I was see, like I I usually like double buy their records. I don't know why. I don't do that when with anyone else, but. <laughs> trying to hold back doing that yeah i like like i i bought both you know both copies of it i typically don't do that uh mm-hmm. like i i feel like it's it's fine just to own one pressing of a record you know okay. um but uh but like I, I was just so conflicted um and like i love both the brain splatter and i love supporting flightless too and i'm, I'm just like uh shit maybe i'll just enjoy them both or maybe i'll end up flipping one um you know, around the holidays, I'm sure somebody missed out on one of them will, you know, want to get it for a present. So, um, who knows, might do that, but. Yeah, people get a little fussy about flipping records, but that's the whole point. It's like you said earlier, it's an investment. And if you got a, a really hot pressing that people want, you can flip it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with a secondary market, you know, with, with, with flipping, you know, just an extra that you got or something. It's just like when you get the people that that's their entire life's business model of, of just, uh, you know, buying up and exploiting, like that's, that's the difference. You know, there, there is a happy medium you can find. Um, Definitely the, I got so much uh, hatred toward those record store day flippers. What yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I, I'm happy that record store day exists because you know it's good to keep the record stores in business um but yeah it, it's it's a pain in the ass i i wanted to buy um I, I was trying to buy uh record store day exclusive pressing of um uh like the meat puppets came out with something uh that i, I, don't, I don't know if you're familiar with them no i i, I dude I, i'm in asia of course i know the meat puppets yeah 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 I mean, I, I've talked with other people in, in, in the area. They're just like, oh, yeah, I've never heard of them. I'm just like, that's bananas to me. But okay, maybe that's just a me thing. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, like, like they came out with a Record Store Day uh, album of, of just, I think it was just like a few cover songs and maybe, um, and maybe one or two originals. Uh, but like they did, um, they did a cover of the Big Rock Candy Mountain, you know, just like that old, uh, <laughs> you know, like bluegrass folk song. Um, so that, that, that was cool. Um, I, I also, uh, a, a few episodes ago, I, I had, um, uh, Elmo Kirkwood on the podcast. Um, I, I, I'm actually like, okay, friends with the meat puppets. <laughs> um, they're, oh man, they're such a good band. My, um, so I, I guess we can like come back to it, I guess. I, yeah, I don't yeah. Wanna, um, so a, another band that I've uh, like worked with before, um, they're called Gorilla Toss. If uh, so, so Peter, the drummer for that band, he's he really digs the Meat Puppets. Sick, yeah. I I, I saw a lot of those uh, Gorilla Toss posters that you made, um, and I feel as though I've I've heard of them. Like, are they ju- are they just a local Phoenix band? Or are they? Um, so, are- no, yeah, uh, Gorilla Toss. They're um they're not they don't live here um I, they're they're in new york um but they're just they're a bunch of cool cool cats <laughs> yeah that's sick i'll have to check them out i i, I love the posters for that, that you did for them and 
I, I think just like by viewing uh, the stuff on your website, like I, I have a lot of new music to check out. Um, oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Um, like sometimes the cover does sell the book, you know? Uh, but yeah, uh, they just had a single that was out on a sub pop in uh, July, I think. But I did the, the art for that. It's of their dog, Watley. Oh, sick. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to check that out uh, for sure. Um, I guess we'll, we'll get to wrapping up sort of soon. Um, but before I let you go, uh, is there anything Giz related that you've been thinking about um, that we haven't discussed yet? Oh, man. I'm sure there's so much stuff. I'm always thinking about King Giz. Um, man. I'm just, I'm curious if there's a third record because I heard that there was talks about a third one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you you would think that um, with uh, like they're releasing one record KG, why wouldn't there be an LW? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if the LW comes like next year. I I would be surprised if they, I mean, maybe it would just be a really happy surprise if they did come out with a third record this year, but it would be so weird that they'd be coming out with another record and it's November. Now they wouldn't have any singles released from it. Wouldn't it oh, be yeah. wild if they released a record just with nothing? I th well, I think, didn't they do that with gum? Well, you said you'd list Pol Polly was your first record. I th didn't they do that with Gumboot though? I think uh, it ended. They just, they put it out. They put it out, but they did have a few singles from it uh, beforehand. Um, oh, coming uh, back, to I remember. Yeah, yeah, they they had uh, Beginner's Luck, Greenhouse Heat Death, and Lost Oasis. Um, and uh, and I think that's the last anybody heard of Lost Oasis. But um, <laughs> they've never played it live or anything. But um, yeah, I it, it's fascinating to me. It, it really wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility, <laughs> like. Mm. I think we know now to just expect the unexpected. You never know with them, which is yeah. a treat. It's always a good feeling when they just blindly put something out. Yeah, I, I, I think it's great. It's it, it, like it, it it's It's always interesting to see what the fan reaction is. The initial one, like I remember mm -hmm. when sketches came out, lots of people are shitting on it, just like what the hell is this? And you know, now those same people have finally come around. And uh, I was one with, of them, but. Oh, man. Uh, same with Merge of the Universe. When that came out, I was like, this is fucking amazing. And it was like, everyone read that, uh, listened to uh, Anthony Fantano's review, just despised Merge of the Universe. And it's amazing. I love that record so much. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's, it's an incredible one. It's like, it's not my favorite, but like. It is such a unique thing what they did with it. The three stories, plus having Leah Senior come on for the spoken word portions. And I mean, it's, I think one of the most powerful uh, pieces of, of sound that Giz has created is in A New World, um, where, you know, Leah Senior uh, says, and your memories will have blown up like a mushroom cloud. And like she says, mushroom cloud. And then they, oh yeah. And like just everything hits right there. It's just in such perfect rhythm um, that like it it just sucks you in. And then you know it's just like that super slow symbol uh, beat. And then you know and, and then all of a sudden it leads into altered beats, just like super fast tempo and shit. And fucking love that. Um, like a, I feel like if I had a, a child, that would be like a twisted storybook to read them, and they can just like read along with the little book that it comes with. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. I, I, <laughs> that'd, that'd be great. Um, but uh, dude, Elijah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, oh, yeah. It was a lot of fun. I, I, it's always cool to, to meet a giz head in person and then to do a podcast with them, like not even a week later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun, John. Thanks for inviting me on, man. Yeah, you got it. All right. Take it easy, man. All right, man. I'll see you.